look good? I asked somebody to appreciate it. Some of you tried hard, right, Ted? All right. Hey, we are so glad that you are with us today. Uh, again, if you have kids right after service, it'll take probably 15 minutes or so to uh, get everything situated. And we hope that uh, if you have brought a kid today, you brought a large bag. You say, why? There might be 20, 30 kids here today, but there's 3,000 eggs on my lawn. Uh, <laughs> Our whole plan is to sugar them up so you can take them home. <laughs> Listen, I want to uh, get into some things. We've been doing a series uh, for over the past few weeks, and it was, it was called Amazing Love. And we took a, one scripture from uh, Psalms 103. It says, forget not the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. And forget not all of his benefits. And, and, I've, and I've, so I want to just continue that thought and say what are the benefits that we need to remember just even out of Easter? Because there are benefits that we get out of being loved by God. There are benefits to being loved by God, but there are benefits of Easter too. And, and so I began to think and, and began to wonder, what are the benefits of Easter? Well, the first benefit that you will take from Easter, that you and I can take from Easter, is we can know that the Father of all loves us unconditionally. No matter what we could do, no matter what we could plan, no matter what we could end up with, He loves you. And He's going to love you. Go, if you want to look, it'll be on the screen, but go to John 3.16. Everybody knows this one. For God so loved the world. But I'm reading out of the Amplified Version. He said, For God so greatly loved and dearly prized the world that he even gave up his only begotten unique son so that whoever believes in, trusts in, clings to, and relies on him shall not perish, come to destruction, be lost, but have eternal everlasting life. And if we, if we stopped right there, Friday night we had a Seder here and there's a song called Da'inu, which means if God had done nothing else for us, the little bits that he's done and we've already experienced, it would have been enough. And if we stopped right there, Brent, that would have been enough. If I know that God loved me so much that all I have to do is cling to him, all I have to do is grab him, all I have to do is trust him and hold on to him, that I would not perish but be lost. But there's more to these verses. There's more that goes on. Sometimes we get, you know, I find it funny how we have stopped at verse 16. And we've never looked at verse 17. Verse 18 says, for God did not send his son into the world to what? Wait, wait, what? God did not send his son into the world to judge the world. See, and if we don't know this, this God, if we don't know how good this God was, we sit back and we think that he's just waiting to judge me. He's just waiting to take me out. He's waiting for me to mess up. He's waiting for me to blow it so he can say, God is not waiting for you to mess up. He loves you beside, uh, despite your mess ups. 
He loves you besides all the times you've blew it. He loves you besides all the times that you got it wrong. He loves you because of who you are, because he is love. He said, for God did not send his son into the world to judge the world in order to judge the world. Now, what does that mean? It means to reject, to condemn, to pass sentence on the world, but that the world might find salvation and be made safe and sound through him. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever shall believe in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. And then it goes on to say, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn, if you're reading out of King James Version. He didn't, God didn't, Jesus didn't come to pass condemnation on you. He didn't come. See, when something is, is condemned, that means if a building is condemned, brother, that means it's not fit to be used. God will never look at you and say that. Right. He'll never look at you and say, I can't use you. I can't make anything out of you. See, the good thing is that no matter where I am, no matter what I've gone through, no matter what I do, no matter what stupid sin I find myself in, he never gives up on me. He's not looking to judge me, not looking to condemn me, not looking to throw me out, Stanley. Yeah. He is here so that I, through him, I can overcome it all. And God is here today. So the first thing, the first benefit of Easter is we can know God loves us so much that this is the reason Jesus came. Amen. Straight, well, he came to condemn. No, he came for salvation, never condemnation. Mm. Yeah. The second thing... <laughs> The second thing we can get out of that is God loves you despite your failures. Yeah, but you don't know how bad I've blown it. You don't know who I blew it with. You don't know how, how awful this situation was. I'm here to tell you that God loves you despite your failures. Go, if you will, to Romans chapter 5, verse 8. And I'm going to read this out of the message. Romans chapter 5, verse 8, out of the message says, but God put his love on the line for us by offering his son in sacrificial death while we were of no use whatever to him. I love that verse. One of my favorite translations of that verse. If you're reading King James Version this morning, it says that he put his, he put his love on the line while we were yet sinners. But I like this translation. I was of no use to God. He could get nothing. I was useless. I had nothing to offer. I had nothing good to bring to him. I had nothing to say, hey, look, I've got this for me is good. And God looks and says, that is no use to me. The only thing I need from you is for you to say yes to me. That's the only thing he was looking for was my yes. He wasn't judging my failures. He's not looking at every time I messed it up. He says, while I was of no use to him, whatever, he still died for me. Amen. While I had nothing to offer, I had nothing of value to offer him, he still died for me. Look at verse nine. He said, and now that we are set right with God, not trying to be set right with God. Jesus set the world right. First Corinthians, 2 Corinthians 5 said God was in Christ, 
reconciling the world to himself, Amen. not imputing, not holding man's sins against him. He's already set the world right with him. And he's waiting for you to say, okay, I want in. That's all it is. It's just wanting, wanting in. Just saying yes. He says there, he says, now that we are set right with God by means of this sacrificial death, the consummate blood sacrifice, there is no longer any question of being at odds with God in any way. This is what Easter means. This is the benefits of Easter, that we are set right with God and there's no difference. He is not at odds with me in any way, John. That in any way, that he look at me and says, I don't like you. See, we can do that. We can look at somebody. You may look at me right now and say, I don't like you. That's okay. Because I know when I was of no use to him, he still loved me enough to make sure that he would bring me into the family. And I don't care who loves me as long as I know he does. And what I get out of Easter is I get the benefit of knowing he loves me unconditionally. Verse 10, if when we were at our worst, we were put on friendly terms with God by the sacrificial death of his son, that we're, now that we're at our best, Just think of how our lives will expand and deepen by means of his resurrection life. (laughs) Verse 11, and now that we are actually received this amazing friendship with God, we are no longer content to simply say in plodding prose, we sing and shout our praises to God through Jesus the Messiah. See, this is why we sing, this is why we shout, this is why we look silly, this is why we look funny, because I remember I was at one time without God, but because of what Jesus did, he has erased that all, and he has brought everybody. He brought us into a relationship with him. And because of that, all he's looking for from me is yes. Man, how simple is that? How easy did he make it where all I had to do was say yes? So the benefits. First, I know God loves me. I know that he loves me despite my failings. Despite, yeah, but you don't know what I've done. And I'm here to tell you, God doesn't care. He doesn't care what you've done. Remember, the purpose of him coming was not to condemn. The purpose of his coming was salvation. So what in the world are we waiting on? Why in the world do we sit and try to bring up all the old stuff? Why do I sit and bring up all the old, but I've got all these scars that remind me. You know what's a good thing about a scar? It doesn't hurt anymore. You got scars, but you're still here. They don't hurt anymore. You know why? Because God loves you enough to say, come along with me. Come into my house. Come on in and let's party together. Let's have this good time together. You say, well, what do you mean you don't don't have a party with Jesus? Yeah, you do. This whole thing's a party. Remember what he said? He said, I'm putting on a marriage party, a marriage feast. 
Go invite a few folks. And everybody said no. He said, well, I tell you what, I want the party full. So go on into the highways and the byways, go out into the ditches, go out into every place you can find somebody and say, come on in. And the thing about it is, Brent, is when they all came in, there was still room. You will never fill up the party. There's room at the party for everybody. I don't care where you've been, what you've done, or what ditch you found yourself in. There is room in the party. Just say yes to the invitation. Third benefit we, we get out of Easter is God's power is available to you today. We don't have to hold up for God's power. We're not waiting on it. It's available right now. Go to Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 18. I pray that the light of God will illuminate your eyes of your, the, uh, the, let me try that again. I pray that the light of God will illuminate the eyes of your imagination, flooding you with light until you experience the full revelation of the hope of his calling. That is the wealth of God's glorious inheritance that he finds in us, his holy ones. I pray that you will continually experience the immeasurable greatness of God's power made available to you through faith. Well, I don't know if I have that much faith. Yeah, you do. Everybody's got it. You got up this morning, opened your eyes, and you expected them to work. Why? They always have before. (laughs) See, that's faith. Faith is just a simple yes. It's a simple being firmly persuaded. And God's power is available to everybody who's just convinced that it is. We're not going to try to beg him for his power to work in our life. We're not going to try to hope his power works for our life. We're simply going to say, yes, your power works in my life. And I will see your miracles in every little thing. And everything I do and everything I say, I will see your miracles. He says, I pray that you'll continually experience the immeasurable greatness of God's power made available to you through faith. Then your lives will be an advertisement of this immense power as it works through you. This is the mighty power that was released when God raised Christ from the dead. See, God's power was made available to us. The same power that called Jesus up out of the tomb is what's in you today. If you'll just believe that it's there. Not try to make it there, but just believe. Just say, can you imagine out on the middle of a, a boat and you see a figure walking and you say, oh, that's a ghost. There's something going on here, that ain't right. And Peter, they said, Jesus said, it's me. And Peter says, okay, prove it. Listen, God's not afraid for you to ask him to prove it. Oh, come, I'll try that over here. <laughs> try it over here, Zach. God's not afraid of you to ask him to move it, to prove it. 
He's not afraid for you to say, hey, God, prove it. Matter of fact, when he talks in Malachi about your tithes and offerings, he said, prove me. You know what that means? He said, put me to a test. What if we dare just to believe that God was powerful enough to let his power work through us? We're just, just, all right, God, you're going to have to prove this one. He's not afraid to prove something to you. (laughs) Peter said, okay, if that's you, let me come out there. Do you think Peter just jumped up and jumped out? No, he did what all of us would do. He went. (laughs) Everything in our life starts with a step. It always takes one step. It's going to, you don't have to believe God for the great big giant things to happen. Believe him for, take a little step. Believe him for a little thing. And when he proves himself true, then believe him for something a little bit bigger. And when he proves himself true, believe for something just a little bit bigger. And when he proves himself true, believe for something. You see, it's all going to start with that one step. But you have to take it. And the great thing about Easter is we understand that the power that raised Christ from the dead is the power that now works in you. Benefits, benefits of Easter. I didn't know I could get that so much out of it. Easter is all about what he's given me out of it. Mm. We, we celebrate his resurrection right. and he celebrates everything that we got out of it. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh. This was released in God through Christ uh, when when God raised Christ from the dead and exalted him to the place of highest honor, supreme authority in the heavenly realm. Lastly, one of the biggest benefits of Easter, thank you, sir. One of the biggest benefits of Easter, real life, eternal life is ours. Real life. See, I don't know if anybody remember the video that was out here several years ago, the little boy, uh, they gave him the gas to have his teeth removed. He's sitting in the back of the car, his dad's videoing him, and all he kept saying, is this real life? <laughs> Folks, this isn't real life. Real life is the eternal life that God provided for us in Easter. We're just going through this existence to get there. We're just walking through this existence because we know that it doesn't end. Back to John 3, 16. For God so greatly loved and dearly prized the world that he even gave up his only begotten unique son so that whoever believes in, trusts in, clings to, relies on, I love the Amplified. (laughs) Whoever believes in, trusts in, clings to, relies on him shall not perish, come to destruction, or be lost, but have ever eternal, everlasting life. You see, the greatest benefit, the greatest benefit 
was seeing Jesus prove to us that death has no hold on us. Death doesn't hold us. That even death doesn't mean an end for us. That even when this existence ends, we still continue. See, that's the benefit is death no longer has a hold on anybody. People say all the time, well, I'm afraid to die. I'm afraid to die. Folks, I'm not. Somebody asked me one time, Dr. Ruth, they said, aren't you afraid to die? No, said, do you ever think about death? I never think about it. I'm not the only one, all right? Don't raise your hand. It never goes through my mind. Well, aren't you worried that you've done everything all right and you've checked all the right boxes? No, I don't worry about that. Why? Because I know God loves me. He loves me despite my failings and I never have to worry about death. What is it? It's just an end here. Because he rose again. Because he rose again. I know that I don't have an end. So I don't fear death. And I'm here to tell you today, you don't have to fear death at all. There's no fear. A while back, I got, I got sick. Yes, it happens. And, and I had a kidney infection that I didn't know I, was, I had gotten to my bloodstream. I'd went septic. And I'm sitting in the doctor's office and hit me in my chest. I go cold, I go clammy, I'm sweating, I'm passing out. I, they know what's going on. Man, I can hear the doctor scrambling. I hear Dee's trying to hold me up, scaring her to death, sitting right beside of me. I never once thought, oh God, this is it. Lord, please. I didn't even pray. <laughs> well, you was too sick to pray. No, I didn't even think about prayer. You know why? I wasn't afraid. It didn't, I wasn't afraid to stand before him. Why? Because Jesus did it all. He took care of it all for me. I wasn't afraid to stand before God. I wasn't afraid to look him in the eye. I was, that's where I belong anyhow. I'm just trying to get through this place. Well, did you pray, make sure everything's okay? Never crossed my mind. Why? Because I know my father loves me. I know he didn't come to judge or condemn me. He came to save. And I trust his work enough that he finished the job. I said, I trust his work enough to know that he finished the job. And there's nothing else I have to do to make it happen. All I did was say yes to an invitation into the party. Real life. Pastor David, that's real life. Go back to Romans chapter 5. Oh, we're almost there. Romans chapter 5, verse 1. And again, I'm reading out the message. By entering through faith, a simple yes, a simple of I believe it. By entering through faith 
into what God has always wanted for us. This is what God always wanted for you. It was never judgment. It was never condemnation. It's always been salvation. That's what he's always wanted. And entering by faith into what God has always wanted for us, to do for us, He set us right with him. To set us right with him, make us fit for him. We have it all together with God because of our master Jesus. And that's not all. We throw open the doors to God and discover at the same moment that he has already thrown open his doors to us. Do you understand how beautiful that is? We opened the, we, we got this bright idea that we opened the door and said, Jesus, come into my heart. When we opened the door, we found out he's already opened up and said, come on in here. It's better over here in my heart than I can ever fit in yours. He was such a, so much more concerned with taking you into his heart. <laughs> Sometimes we just need an invitation into the house. I'm not going to say that you don't believe the things that go through my head. He's already thrown open his doors to us. Glory to God. We find ourselves standing where we always hoped we might stand, out in the wide open spaces of God's grace and glory, standing tall and shouting our praise. This is the benefit of Easter, that real life is mine. And you know how I got it? I just said yes. It was already done. It was like if I buy you a TV and I leave it at your house until you finally say yes and hook it up. It's always been yours. Are you sure you really want me to have this? What did I do to deserve this? What did I do to get this? You don't want to do nothing. I just wanted to give you a nice TV. Hook it up. See, it's a yes. And it's knowing that he loved me enough where I don't have to question, does God want me? I'm here to tell you right now, God wants you. He loves you. He even likes you. We tell our kids all the time, you have to love them, but you don't always have to like somebody. God likes you too. <laughs> yeah, but I've got all this stuff in my life. Okay, so it may, you may have to lay some stuff down. Quit doing some idiot things that you've been doing. Come on. We all have those. I said, we all have those. Don't lie to me and say you don't. But all it took was for me to say yes. There was a little girl playing with her friend. She got ready to go home. And to get home, she had to cross a cemetery. And her friend said, aren't you afraid to go through there at night? She said, no, because my home's on the other side. I don't, I'm not afraid to die. My home's on the other side. I'm not afraid to walk through the toughest things, the darkest thing life brings me because my home's on the other side. 
And I want to encourage you today, just say yes. That's all it takes. Just say, okay, I want to be in the party. I want to be where you are. I'm not going to try to make myself good enough because I can't. I can't make my, listen, that's why I love that scripture in Romans. He said, when I was of no use to him, whatever, he put his love on the line. I was no, I had nothing to offer Thelma, but all I had to do was say yes. So, I've got some people that's coming up right now. And they want to pray with you. Now, what we're going to do is they'll throw on some music and we're not going to stay around here with our heads bowed and and do all that. That's just not who we are. But these guys are here to pray with you. If you've never met this Jesus, or this doesn't sound like the Jesus that you were introduced to, but you saw in Scripture today that that's who he really is, I encourage you, come up and grab one of these guys. Talk with them. And folks, I'm telling you, it's a simple word. Yes. That's all. Yes. Amen? Let me pray over you before we go. Father, today we thank you for who you are and what you are in our life. We thank you that you're a good God doing great things for us. And we praise and glorify you. Thank you for salvation. Thank you for resurrection. Thank you for giving me life. Thank you for giving it to me so good and so abundantly that all I have to do is take it in. And so today, Father, for every family, every home that's in this place, I pray a blessing over them. I pray that you pour more out in their life than they've ever imagined possible. I pray that today is a day that their life changes forever. In Jesus' name, amen.